This is Soccer 101 with Moon and Rockio. Hey, welcome back into Soccer 101. This is now a completely new show. We're in a transition. It's Soccer 101. It's an STL soccer podcast now. I don't know if you have already subscribed. You're going to notice a couple of little changes. One being that Michelle Smallman has moved to the big city of New York. You've probably known that if you've been following along with her. And she has now joined an incredibly awesome, huge uh, show in New York. And she's doing incredibly well. So to fill in for her, at least temporarily, but maybe permanently, is Sir Matthew Rocchio from ESPN, 101 ESPN, our, our sister station right over there. Since I'm on the point with the Rizzuto show, Rocchio is over there in the mornings and usually next to me in the press box at all the uh, SCL City SC games as well. Rocchio, tell us about yourself. Absolutely, Moon. Thank you so much for having me come on. Obviously, I produce uh, the opening drive. Used to have the great pleasure of working with Michelle Smallman. Now I get the great pleasure of filling in for her here on Soccer 101 and also listening to her as you can every morning uh, from 5 a.m. to 7 a.m. on Unsportsmanlike on 101 on ESPN Radio. And you can hear that on 101 before we take over at 7 a.m. But yeah, I'm the producer over at 101 ESPN and I'm a latecomer to the soccer game. I don't know if people know that. Uh, If you can tell by my last name, I am a South City um south city st louis italian who did not like playing soccer when i grew up so it was an odd um obstacle to overcome but i eventually became a soccer fan and around high school and college and it's just been such a pleasure to watch this team hit the ground running every promise they made from the get-go whether it's community outreach playing a fun brand of soccer everything they've promised we've seen so far and I, i just can't wait to talk about these last few games and into the playoff run uh, dude, working with Michelle and I'm, you know, you you remember working with Michelle. She is top notch uh, person, top notch broadcaster, top notch sports fan. And if anybody, if anybody in the building was prepared to step up and fill the shoes of the Almighty Michelle Smallman, it's Matt Rocchio, dude. You, from the get go of knowing you, I was like, wow, this guy is great. He's a go getter and he's an absolute sports fan. And the first time we sat in the press box together up at the uh, city match, I was like, dude. He is so into it. I never would have known that you were not a soccer fan growing up. Yeah, like I said, I was a late comer. It's just I, I, I was more of a football kid. I think it was just because I grew up uh, a little on the heavy side, and so I, I wanted to use my size not to run so much, but to hit people. And eventually, I discovered <laughs> the beautiful game, and it was the beautiful aspect of the beautiful game. It sounds so cliche, but that's what brought me in because I went from being, you know, a, an American football fan. And because of that, I actually was able to connect the two. And I was like, listen, if I can watch a football game that has like 15 punts in it and and just appreciate the back and forth of it, then I can watch a soccer game that's essentially the same thing. There's a back and forth aspect of it. You're testing the defense. You're trying new things on offense. There's a lot of similarities I think most soccer, you know, non-soccer fans wouldn't be able to see. But as somebody who was obsessed with American football, I came to soccer with, with with a closed mind that was immediately opened. And I'll tell you what, it was open because of the kind of soccer you're seeing City play. Like guys like Edward Leuven, who just can make a pass out of anywhere and just completely open the game up. A team that plays a fast-paced uh, um, style. You know, for me, getting into soccer, it was right around, you know, when Leicester City won that incredible EPL season. And they did it with an attacking, hectic style that was so fun to watch. It wasn't hard for me to get up and go down to Amsterdam and watch EPL games because that was an incredibly fun team to watch. And City's replicated it, and that's what's been so much fun is that the thing that brought me into soccer has now brought me into St. Louis soccer, and that's been a really special you know, journey for me over the years. 
Yeah, I think you're the perfect guy to to, uh, to fill the shoes of Michelle and come in and do something like this with us. Um, later on the show, we're going to get into everything from the MLS playoff format because this weekend's match, tomorrow's match, is a uh, is is a big deal with that. We also going to talk a little bit about some of the new players. There's a half a dozen new players that have come in. Uh, with City's second half of the season, and uh, they're already making an impact. It's pretty great. And we'll talk a little bit uh, about this upcoming match and who we expect to make the greatest impact. And you mentioned uh, Leuven, and I will admit, man, I was uh, I was a naysayer. Not, 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 I, wasn't, I wasn't against the guy or anything, but he has proved me wrong because those first couple matches, before we really knew the tone of the team and what were – you know what they were going uh, going for, and what uh, Coach Carnell was building them around. He gave the ball away a whole bunch, and I was like, "Dude, you can't have the solid midfielder who's supposed to be our number ten giving the ball away forty uh, something percent of the time, or whatever." It was just you know, it was a couple missed passes that I was really bummed about. And in this in this league with typical you know weak defenses, uh, you got to have a midfielder that's going to hold the ball. So I was a little I was a little skeptical, but he's proven me wrong, and the coach has proven me wrong too because I had faith in 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 the coach, but I didn't realize how he was building. Yeah, Leuven's not the fastest guy. He may not make every single pass when it's when it's you know small ball in the midfield. But the guy has an absolute foot. He has a laser when it comes to goal uh, opportunities. You know, goal making opportunities. And he built a team around the guy, around his strengths rather than his weaknesses. And those quick footed guys that are around him are going to get the ball back in those rare cases that we're losing it now. Leuven also has just impressed the whole league and everybody and and turned it around for me. So yeah, I criticize him because I'm I'm a fan. And after one game, I was upset with some things. Okay, that's that's it. But we're gonna have that kind of stuff. I play the role of the fanatic here that just gets emotional and upset. And Rockio, he's the stat guy. He knows it all. He's into it. He's also an emotional dude. I've seen you get pretty emotional there. <laughs> You're um, right. And you were you were sitting next to me when I almost got ejected uh, in the press box. I think matched. I don't know, uh, home match, maybe four or something like that. When I, I yelled, uh, when a goal was scored and you're not supposed to cheer in the press box, man. And I'm just, you know, I'm a rock and roller. So I, I, I let the emotions get the best of me. And I, I had to walk out of there before I got any more jeers and, and glares from uh, some of the press folks. Well, no worries about emotions here on one soccer one one We want to hear all the emotions from you moon, because again, you are, you are the fanatic. You are the fan side of the podcast. So please, I, and in fact, I want to get your reaction because you mentioned some of these new players that have been making their impact. We've been on a little hiatus here on soccer one one And in that time, you know, like you said, a half dozen new players have made their impact. Just want to throw out a few names here because I want to hear your fan reaction to the way that these guys have changed the game right off the bat. I want to get your reaction Sam Adenaran and AZ Jackson, they both kind of made their real starters debut back against San Jose on in, in late June. Adenaran obviously had two goals, and AZ Jackson's been a complete difference maker in the midfield since then. I mean, from the fan side of things, I mean, how, how fantastic, how much fun has it been watching two talismans kind of develop midseason? Yeah, you know what's really fun is especially you know new team inaugural season. Um, it's 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 amazing watching players develop and improve and uh, and go for that you know most improved player kind of thing or go for that like I'm trying to be a starter to all of a sudden I'm a potential star. I might be I mean I might be one of the stars. And Adinaran rubbed uh, me and some of my buddies uh, wrong initially. I I kind of was neutral on him, but a, a couple of my a couple of my friends were like, "No, you got to get this guy out of here." And then. Sent him, sent him away for for a brief time, and then now he's been starting in the absence of Klaus and all that, and just killing it. He is, he has figured it out. It didn't take him long. He's getting the goals. You know, normally I thought 
uh, originally I thought uh, Joe Akini was gonna gonna be the the step up guy, and he had you know he had a couple difficult matches, a good amount of touches, but but not the goal results. So Adinaran is is has come through, and I am excited to see him improve in the ways that he has his touch on the ball. He seems like his soccer IQ has grown exponentially in the past uh, couple months, and I guess that's what happens when you get more starts at this level. Um, more starts, more goals, more confidence. They're always talking about soccer, especially for strikers being a confidence game. Uh, and I think the same has happened with with AZ Jackson. I think Jackson, you know, came in and he kind of looked a little nervous, a little skittish the, the the first couple minutes that he was playing for the team. And he's he made his first start. Uh, he's had a good amount of starts in these last couple games. The dude is is starting to just so show growth and confidence, and that's only gonna compound the uh, the the stats and the skills from these guys. The thing about Adenaran that's jumped out to me the most is you see him and you just look at the you know you see him on the field or you look at his profile and you see six five and he's a striker and you're like okay I know a poacher when I see a poacher I know a guy who's gonna hang out near the eighteen yard box and is just gonna try to bury every ball that comes close and then. Out of nowhere, just almost every one of his goals has been him taking on a defender one on one and not beating them in the air or muscling them out, but beating them on the dribble. And then, and then, you know, two of his his seven goals have been this silky outside foot, outside left foot shot, which is his strong foot. I mean, for a guy who, when you see him, looked like pure, just like wrecking ball style, and that really seemed like what his style was when he was first here in the early going on before the loan to uh, San Antonio, but ever since he's come back, it's been skill that's been getting a Adenaran goals, and when you combine that with being 6'5 and as fast as he is, it's, it's pretty tough to beat. Yeah, it's wild because, it, like you said, when when he first came out, you see his profile, you see his height, and you go, okay, I, I see what we're we're going for here. We're going for Edward Leuven dumping a ball. We're going for WW, you know, wing ball to this tall guy that knows how to work it in the air. Uh, but you're you're right when he starts showing two and three dimensions on on beating guys one on one and some speed. You're getting into Drogba and uh, and Giroud kind of territory yeah. where they're great in the air, but they're also great on their feet, and um, and that's going to be a weapon that. I'm sure Coach Carnell knew it all along, but as a fan that you know saw a a little bit of a slow start from him, it's just it's amazing to see those kind of dimensions come out of a player like that. Especially we're going to need it. You know, we all got freaked out when Klaus went down, and these guys all stepped up and they kept us top of the top of the uh, top of the conference and in total playoff contention halfway through the season already. Those are the players that that were on the roster that have made an impact, you know, kind of halfway through that we didn't see coming. There's also been some new players that have been added to City uh, since the transfer window. One of them was a trade for the left back Anthony Marcanic. They had a transfer acquisition from Belgian club Bearshot in Nokvi Thorison, and then we also eventually got. Joakim Nielsen back on the field. It had been over a year since his last time playing in a competitive match. Just right out of the gate, Moon, for you, which one of these three kind of new big names, you know, these aren't starters, these aren't bench guys, these are guys who you signed them and you expected something from them out of the gate. What has been your impression of these three new newbies for City as well? Yeah, so uh, in this league, it seems, you know, I've, I've and, I, and I hate to sound like I'm criticizing because I'm not, it is a, it's a weak defense league. Um, so if you have a strong, a strongly defended back four or a defensive midfielder that's really making a difference, yeah, you want those strikers. You want these like key component players that are winning games in these final minutes. But ultimately, and I hate to sound like uh, you know, you know, Jose Mourinho or anything, but like 
<laughs> defense is going to win is going to win these leagues. You, you know what I'm saying? Like it's it's going to keep you in a place where your stars can make the differences when the minutes matter. But the real heroes, and this is spoken like a true defender here, <laughs> the real heroes are like the secondary, the peripheral names that you see day in, day out in the center mids or or on these wing backs. You know that are making big plays, making differences that um, aren't necessarily showing up in the stat sheets. When Thorison came out, it's hard not to root for a guy named Thorison. It just sounds <laughs> so badass. The dude's got Thor in his name. His first name is V, you know, two Ks and a V. Um, I'm, I'm really excited to see more of uh, the Belgian, you know, the Belgian style footballers and the, the, the different European league kind of mixtures of how okay. they defend and how they think. Um, in defensive and midfield roles. So I'm, I'm excited to see all three. All three I thought were, were, were great acu- uh, uh, acquisitions. And I, and I think that I think Coach Carnell is super, super smart. I think this dude knows exactly how, how to build a team and not just about you know the, the best players and you put the top 10 best players out there. You really put good combinations together. And we know that what we had with uh, Tim Parker in the back, we know what we've had with certain defenders and even some defenders we didn't, expect too much of that that have really grown and like stepped up to the plate um i think we're we're building like a, a solid team that's not going to allow a lot of goals uh in this in this back half of the season and and plans on making that and making that a, a, a plan and i think a lot of these acquisitions right now are kind of settling that idea in my mind I, I love that. And obviously getting Nielsen more time, he just hasn't seen the pitch in competitive matches more and more. It's going to be interesting to see, you know, Carnell's been talking about him as one of the best defenders in the MLS when he finally gets right and gets on the, on the pitch. So watching that development is going to be fascinating. I do have to step onto your side of the field a little bit and go fandom because Anthony Markanik, who was came over in a trade from last place, Colorado, his very first game after city, he got in some incredible shots on the Colorado Rapids who are owned of course by Stan Kroenke. And he just talked about how like <laughs> impressed he, how like right out of the bat, right out of the gate, he was like the facilities here. I mean, the training is at a completely different level than what I was dealing with in Colorado. And I loved the honesty probably because the PR department's going to get to him and be like, maybe tone back the, you know, shots on the other team that you used to play for. But the fact that he, hit the ground and immediately just took some shots at a Kroenke led team right out of the gate. Anthony Markanek fan favorite for me. Yeah. That's another cool thing you mentioned sort of behind the scenes, behind the curtain. And I don't know how much people are interested, but I assume they would be, um, especially like a lot of soccer fandom. A lot of my soccer fandom from decades ago came from like following the clubs and how they run their businesses and how they run everything, all the behind the scenes stuff, you know, like very English and European football fandom mm-hmm. style. And, um, you know, I don't know what they're telling them as far as media goes, but I've had, I don't know, two or three interviews with, with, with these guys and all of them have commented on how much better our facilities are than their former teams. So I, I think that kind of, uh, and they're not taking shots necessarily, but I don't think the, there's, there's a lot of borders or rules for these guys to just speak honestly about what they're getting from this club and from the organization as a whole, what they're giving them on and off the pitch. So it's, it's super cool. I love that kind of stuff. I love that behind the scenes stuff. Um, maybe a lot of people aren't paying attention to it, but but it's awesome and it just makes us uh, even more proud to be uh, fans of our team and our city. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And, and one last point here on the these new impact players. So we already mentioned Sam Adinaran, AZ Jackson. Another one we didn't get to has been Akil Watts' play at, at the right back positions. But you have Watts, Markanik, Thorson, Nielsen. Of these six players, which one are you most excited to watch 
these last few games before the playoffs kind of develop and get their feet under them? Is it a Nielsen who, who's kind of new, or is it maybe an Adeniran just to kind of see what kind of ceiling maybe this kind of striker has? Um, I, I want to see. I, I'm I'm paying attention to Adeniran again because my my buddy Johnny has been chirping in my ear since the get go uh, <laughs> that he doesn't like Adeniran. He doesn't like a style or whatever. Oh. And 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 I'm sure and I'm sure he's being proven wrong right now. And he's you know he's eating those words and everything. But he's made me pay attention more to Sam and and watch what he's doing and. And like you said, like watch the growth and like, wow, like we thought we were going to be getting a lot of header goals from this guy from crosses from Leuven and different people. Um, but he's he's kind of doing it all. So I'm I'm expecting a lot and I'm hoping a lot from a dinner. I think he's shown so much growth and adjustment already. And I think he's under great uh, coaching tutelage and people that have a lot of faith in him. So, um, again, down to strikers confidence. I hope he surfs builds even more confidence and surfs it into the end of the season uh, trying to be uh, an absolute star. Absolutely. I love that. And speaking of uh, kind of surfing into the end of the season, St. Louis City SC, the tops in the Western Conference that they've been for a long time. And because of that, we can now start talking about clinching a playoff spot. Uh, Tom Timmerman over at stltoday.com did a great job of running through all of these. By the way, they would be the eighth MLS expansion team to make the postseason in its inaugural season. And by the way, this is, of course, just kind of clinching their first spot. Obviously, a lot of heights when you talk about um, home field advantage and how important that is in the playoff format. So still a long way to go, but nonetheless, we still could be seeing history this weekend. Here's the thing, though. It's not going to happen during the game. You're going to have to wait until some later games on Saturday um, go to go to finalize because everything we're dealing with right now is pretty much going to be on the West Coast. So we talked about it. Six different scenarios. We're just going to go through a couple of them really quickly right now. Which games you want to watch? First of all, one game you want to be watching is going to be the Minnesota United game because if they lose or tie against Sporting Kansas City, that's going to be a huge factor because they're going to need to lose or tie against Sporting Kansas City and we're going to need Austin to lose to Portland or San Jose to lose to Real Salt Lake. As you can see, again, a lot of these games happening over in the West Coast. So Minnesota United, one big game to watch. Los Angeles Galaxy is going to be another big game to watch. First of all, they're playing LAFC, and you know, Moon, that that home game coming up in a couple weeks is going to be the biggest game of the season to date. So you want to watch that LA Galaxy and LAFC game because if the Galaxy lose and San Jose loses or ties Real Salt Lake, again, City is in the playoffs. The other big game you want to watch is going to be the Dallas FC game because if they lose to Seattle and Austin loses to Portland, which is very likely, that's going to be a clincher right there. In fact, I would probably say, Moon, that is the most likely scenario that City clinches on this week that you want to be watching is Dallas FC losing to Seattle, Sounders are a better team, and Austin losing to Portland. Austin obviously falling 6-3 to three to City a few weeks ago at City Park. Portland, a very good team. I think that right there is the most likely one. Probably happens late on Saturday, and we're talking about a guarantee City as a playoff team come Sunday morning. It's super exciting, and I hope the MLS uh, gives uh, you know the coverage, the Apple TV MLS coverage. Um, I, I hope it gives St. Louis a love. I mean, they, they, they came out... You know, kind of whatever. Here's another, another expansion team, and then those first couple of weeks when we when we went on that streak, you know, they gave us a lot of love, and then we've kind of just gone into the 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 normal fray, uh, not mid table coverage, but uh, not a lot of special coverage. And I hope this kind of stuff, setting more records and having this kind of feather in the cap, if you will, gives us a little bit more love from the MLS Apple TV uh, world. But it's going to be an exciting weekend. Houston Dynamo on Saturday, 7 p.m. They haven't allowed a goal in a league game. Um, in quite some time, five consecutive league clean sheets. So good defense, uh, goalie that's confident. Everything is um, 
going their way, so it seems. But let's stop that. Let's stop that this weekend. Absolutely. Let's go. Let's talk about that Houston Dynamo game. Like you said, Saturday evening, they are in Houston. Big game for Tim Parker as he used to be a Dynamo. Going to be an emotional return for him back to Houston, especially now that he is a father. 7 p.m. kickoff. You mentioned the Dynamo's really tough defense. I want to... Bradley Carnell commented on that. Before we get to Carnell, though, I just want to throw this out there. City's scoring right now. 14 away games, they have scored 18 goals. In 14 home games, they have scored 37 goals. So you're going up against one of the best defensive teams, and you're also dealing with an offense that is not good away from City Park. So let's go to it. Bradley Carnell, he talks about his expectations versus a very tough Houston Dynamo defense. They're pretty good in possession, pretty good in transition too, you know, with uh, Bassi and Hector Herrera, Corey Baird running the line. So, you know, they have some weapons. Um, so, yeah, how do we counter that? Just be us, right? Because I think those are a lot of our weapons too. So, yeah, we, we enjoyed the first matchup um, and we have to be mentally and physically prepared for that type of a game again. So, you know, I think that's what's changed with them. They've managed to get a string of results. They've kept clean sheets, you know, number one in the league for that as well. So, yeah, I, I admire what they are doing, what Ben is doing. You know, I, I like Ben as, as a coach and a person. So, um, yes, while we're rivals, I acknowledge good work too. So you heard Carnell there talking about very similar styles. Houston having a lot of success against City's style over their last few games. It's going to be a tough one, but I have hope here. No Sam Adenaran. Again, he picked up two yellow cards and a red in the last game. So could this be the game Zhao Klaus really explodes and gets back into it with City? We're going to see, Moon. It's going to be a fun one to watch. But again, very good chance that if City pulls down a win, they're clinching a playoff spot. I sure hope so. Go City, go Klaus, go everybody. Um, it's going to be great. Hey, if you've been with us for this entire season here at uh, Soccer 101, I just want to say I appreciate it. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for all the support on socials and spreading the word. Uh, you know, we initially started this, Michelle Smallman and I, uh, to get the word out about soccer and try to uh, do a little bit of education on maybe uh, some new fans that were coming in just because they saw the excitement, they saw the buzz. Uh, they saw the enthusiasm behind St. Louis City SC's uh, fan base and the city in in general. So we wanted to make it kind of an educational, um, you know, low barrier of of entry where there wasn't too much stress uh, going into a new sport uh, and and feeling you know overwhelmed or underprepared. And I think we did a pretty good job with that. I appreciate all the. Uh, uh, the love and the hate on on all the socials because you know what, man. The 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 more people love and hate something, the the more it shows that this is uh, just such a, a such a fun fun place to be. Yes, it's emotional, uh, in in good and bad ways. But we love this town. I love St. Louis. I love this this team. What they've done for the community. What they've done for the sports community. Uh, but especially St. Louis. So we're going to kind of shift it into more of a general uh, soccer knowledge podcast. Uh, that you know, obviously, was a homer for St. Louis City SC to more of a St. Louis City SC podcast. Hopefully, that improves the experience for you. And I'm so honored and, and stoked to have my buddy Rocchio uh, join in on the podcast. And we're going to try to keep this uh, again um, weekly. I know it's been some time, but when Michelle moved to New York and got the big gig with uh, the new SPN show, ESPN show, we weren't exactly sure if she'd even be able to do this. So I'm glad that we're able to continue it. Thank you for being with us from the get-go. We'll do this weekly. And uh, let's go, City. Thank you, Rocchio, again. Thank you, man. Thank you so much, Moon. Thanks for having me. Get ready, St. Louis. It's going to be fun talking soccer here. Let's wrap it up with a goal! Goal!